did you have headphones the last time? No, I didn't know that I needed headphones. We've done the first two episodes without headphones, and I didn't know that I was like feeding back into your like audio. Yeah, I was like, kind of wanted to kill myself when I was doing editing because I kept hearing. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, I didn't even know. Like, I had no idea that I was supposed to have headphones. Like, you got to tell me this shit, man. I don't know what I'm doing. Look, we're not professional podcast people here, okay? Okay, 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 okay. That's true. All right, all right, all right, all right. This is part of our intro this time. Yes, I it think is. I, I like the like I like the casual ban- banter before like fresh or before like official intro. Oh yeah, I mean we can still do the official intro part, but the casual intro shows that we're real people. We're not bots. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, all right. Hit me with the official intro, my guy. Um. Okay. Are you so, ready for the official intro? I'm ready for the official intro. We, All but right. if if we're listening to it, we've already heard the intro music and okay. a little bit of our banter. <laughs> and um, now I come in and I say, "Hello, welcome to the Crush Monocle Podcast." I'm your host Coop, and I am joined here today by John. Hello, friends. Yes, this is a podcast where we talk about stuff. All this. All the stuff. <laughs> and one of these days we'll actually I'll actually get off my ass and change the name of the uh website. So yes. it'll match the podcast one day. Who knows? Right. That's only when the podcast gets so good that we name the, the site after the podcast. Oh shit, there you go. Very nice. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. Okay. <laughs> we we talk about the stuff, all the stuff, so you don't have to. There you go. See, I think that could be our like our, our tagline for the show. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love you're a natural. You're a yeah, natural. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, to get this out of the way, uh, I don't have a corrections corner because everything I said on the last episode was 100% right. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for those who, who did listen, uh, we know we towards the end of the podcast, we were talking about our love of the movie Showgirls. Yes. And I will never correct that. That is 100% right. truth. We love it because it's trash. It knows what it is. We know what it is. And that's yes. what makes it so good. Yes, she's, um, yes, yes, absolutely. So I tried to reach out to Elizabeth Berkeley. No shit, you really did? Of course I did. Oh my gosh. I, like, I'm like crushing right now. Okay. And yeah, well, I mean, don't get too excited because I didn't okay. get a hold of her. Did, did you find, like, does she have, like, a publicist or whatever? I found two publicists, but I don't know which one was the acting publicist because she's had, like, a few. Okay. So, um, either way, I didn't get a response. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, okay. But Does I she have, like, out. any, like, social media, like, accounts or, like, handles or anything like that? Um, she she did on Twitter, which is weird because I guess for a while she ha- she was, like, an advocate for, um, like, helping young women. For uh, sure. With, with, with anything. I don't know if it was just education or just empowerment or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and she had her own website where it was, like, ask elizabeth berkeley or something i don't know but uh, i don't think she has that website anymore huh yeah i mean i don't know she probably just moved on i guess right did, did was, she, was she part of the saved by the bell like reunion thing that happened uh yeah she was on it i didn't oh, watch okay. all i watched like one episode i, I don't I, yeah, I mean, I didn't watch it. I, I was just wondering if she, like, completely dropped out of stuff or is she, like, still kind of participating a little bit or whatever? I, well, she, I, yeah, she is, she's in that. Um, okay, she, looks, okay. she looks great, too, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How does Zach look is what I want to know. Um, He looks like 
like Zach now. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I saw right. him on one of those Today shows or morning shows, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. Um, he's totally not like Zach, you know. But uh. I, I do want to give him props because he knows how horrible that character is, and he like really owns it. Oh, really? Yeah, like he he's totally not against making fun of the character. Oh, and... Okay, okay, okay. But then like Mario Lopez turned out to be kind of an asshole, right? Like trash oh. person. He's like a such a douche. I mean, yeah. Remember, he was like he was like the host of uh, that like dance off show on MTV for a minute. Oh, was he? Remember that? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I shouldn't know this, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> girlfriend slash wife now was super into that shit. And yeah, Mario Lopez was like the host, and it was he was such a like cocksmoker. I don't even know how to. Like I don't know, he's just a total dipshit. Well, all I know, he was on one of those entertainment tonight shows or yeah, yeah, extra yeah, yeah. or something. And yeah, yeah, I have a disdain for any kind of celebrity worship anyway. But, but I, I think he like yeah. did something shitty. Like he did something shitty, and I can't remember what he did. Um, I yeah, I don't, I, I think I don't know if it was on social media or something, but I think he would say that he would hate his kid if they were gay or something. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, there was like some sort of like. It was like a scenario that wasn't even real, but he still made that garbage comment. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Like, like, man, it's your kid, whatever. I'm not going to tell somebody how to raise your kid, but like, we're not even talking about a real scenario and you already right. made like the wrong, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. Quote or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Cause he's like super like uh Catholic, I think. So that probably yeah. makes sense. Yeah, just like if you're if you're Catholic or if you really do believe this stuff, like we're like hating your kid if they're gay or trans or whatever, like just keep it to yourself. Just shut up. Yeah, it's well, not I mean, going to end well for you. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like my my fam like my family and my dad's side's like crazy crazy Catholic, and like I'm always just like y'all need to like calm down just a little bit, there, my friends. <laughs> well, I've just, I've said it um, a bunch of times. I think in some of my articles, I I grew up in a Christian household. I still right. go to church. I'm active right. in ministry, all that sort of thing. Like I'm not going to give garbage takes like that. I right. uh, well, actually, let's let's just say it. I really don't care what your sexual preference is because it's not me. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> hey, you know what? Here we are. Here we are on the Crush Monopoly podcast, being super inclusive. That's how. Yeah. We're here we go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I did reach out to her and I told her about uh, the podcast episode. I sent a link. And, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> maybe maybe the publicist did read the email and, or, and heard the podcast. Oh, thought, like, just, you know what? Maybe not. <laughs> you, you know what? You know what? You know what, like, honestly makes my heart skip a beat just a tiny bit is the fact that maybe somewhere along the line, Elizabeth Berkeley heard us saying that we just adored her movie and that she's wonderful even if she like skimmed through it or just whatever it was just like hell no whatever it just i'm just i'm hoping i'm hoping that she just heard that that i peaked when her movie came out on rental <laughs> and we and we at least gave, i or i gave uh the new reboot of saved by the bell a chance <laughs> yep 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 yeah well right. so if she heard this episode she knows that we still love her and she looks we great do. 
Yeah, I, you know what? Huge fan. Always have been. Yeah, me too. She was way cooler than the other one on Saved by the Bell. Uh, well, there was three of them. Three. Remember? I know. I know, but I mean, like the oh God, I can't even think of her name. Tiffany. Kelly? Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Yeah, like she was like her character on the show is like she's the hot one, right? Yeah, yeah. She was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all three of the ladies were. You know, far out of my league. I mean, I was probably like ten years old when the show was on. I don't know. They're still but, out of my league. I mean, come on. Oh now, yeah. Oh, well, clearly, yeah. I mean, that goes out saying with me. But, <laughs> Same. Right. So I'm just saying. You no, know, like they they tra- kept trying to uh, say that Kelly was the hot one, but it was clearly Elizabeth Berkeley. Yo, if if you're like into like the ladies that are gonna like beat you up a little bit, then Elizabeth Berkeley is the way to go. Uh, look, look! Any any woman can beat me up, and even if they're not Elizabeth Berkeley, yeah, I mean she's gonna be a little rough with you, and that's kind of what you want. So we've you we've we've seen showgirls. Yes, she can, we have she seen can handle showgirls. herself. Yep, yep. She will smack. She will smack a man. Uh, did you did you see the? I sent you the link uh, about the TV edit. Did you watch that? No, I was like, I was. I, you know what? I should have, but I was just like. Uh, I didn't want to look. I have look. I can't. Okay, hold on. Look, <laughs> when you love something as much as I love Showgirls, you can't taint it with some bullshit edit. No, Does that make look, sense. This will enhance your love of Showgirls. Look, you can't listen to the Dr. Dre chronic, and yes, I did call him the Dr. Dre. Right. With like no, you know, no explicits, no, uh, you know, swear words. So you know, <laughs> it doesn't edit them out, like blink them out. It changes things. Oh in yeah, the movie. I forgot you told me this. God damn it. Okay, now I wish I would have watched. <laughs> it's great. Okay, well maybe we can do a follow up for next episode. Right. Look, I have no problem with talking about Elizabeth Berkeley in every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> yep, me too. I, yeah. I mean, we'll if have you guys Elizabeth, can... Elizabeth Berkeley Corner or whatever. You... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just keep everyone on the status of me <laughs> wanting to get Elizabeth Berkeley to talk to me. Yep, that's good stuff. I'm going to be so jealous if she emails you back and I don't, I'm don't. i not part of the email. It's going to make Look, me so sad. I am a master of being ghosted by people um, for interviews, okay? <laughs> yeah, but you've also landed some decent interviews. Come on now. That okay, that's true, but like I've had people who agree to interviews, then they ghost me. And that's a little heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had that a few times. When I'm we, yeah. when we were going hard at, on the website, we would schedule like calls with bands, and I would go and like park my car and get my recorder out and be like totally ready and like call and then nothing and then call and then nothing and then like wait for a call and then nothing. So yeah, been down that road before. Well, you need to go harder on the website now. Well, I'm giving up the Twitter to you guys, so that's heartbreaking a little bit. You don't need me on there. All I do is retweet you guys. I don't actually like make tweets anymore. Well, you should. Maybe if I'm not busy retweeting, I can actually make like noise rock content. Okay, see, see, now we've got <laughs> we've we've worked it out live or, on the podcast. Or I could change the name of the site, like I've pl- been planning on for, or we've been planning on for what, like a year now, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> you could get on that. Uh, yeah, one of these days, I'm on it. Oh, look, I bought all the stuff. All I just have to do is make the transition. I'm just scared. Okay. 
I know. I understand. But look, I reached out to Elizabeth Berkeley. I was scared. <laughs> you were scared to hit send on the email? <laughs> of course I was, because you know I, I reread it a billion times, and I read it out loud. <laughs> yeah. Did you? I, I would like to think that you're like sitting in your room by yourself in front of the computer, and you're all, dear Elizabeth Berkeley's publicist. My name is Aaron Cooper. <laughs> My friends call me Coop. I am the host of a podcast, and we would like to interview you. <laughs> Look, I've mastered the, the pitch letter. And I know this because when I interviewed uh, director of Jason Goes to Hell, oh, uh, Adam yeah. Marcus, yeah, he says, yeah, he says, um, uh, I do interviews, whatever, you know, but he says, I just want to let you know that you write hell of a pitch letter. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah, that's what he said. I, I'll show you the email. It's great. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen one of your pitch emails. Like, I need to see that. There's no typos. Un unlike my oh. tweets and Ooh. Facebook posts, there's no typos. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's next level. That's that, that's next level for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All, All right. right. <laughs> okay. So enough um, Elizabeth Berkeley. We're right. gonna move on to never. There's never enough Elizabeth Berkeley. Okay. Look, um, we're gonna move on to the stuff that people actually don't care about. They only tune in to hear about Elizabeth Berkeley obsession. Okay. Okay, so uh, this is the part of the podcast where we usually talk about what we listened to over the past month that we liked and disliked. Um, and I'm going to say, what did you listen to that you liked this previous month, John? Okay, well, like, I almost feel like we need to, like, segment this into, like, either, like, I dove into some old shit and then, like, I found some new shit. Does that make sense? We can do that because I did that on the last episode, remember? Oh, did you? I can't... My memory's fucking terrible, man. I know, me too. All right, so if I can if I can segment into two things, and then maybe are you ready for something that maybe you have new and old, and we we can like vice versa that, or should I just give both of mine? We can vice versa. You know, you go first, new, uh, old. I go first, old, and then you go new, and then I go new. Okay, perfect, perfect. Okay, so I gave you fair warning about this, and you seemed actually a lot more prepared than I thought you would be. But um, I think you said I, that the last time. <laughs> so you're just always prepared. Is that what no. you're trying to tell me? No, I just are you trying to big league me? Are you? <laughs> no, trust with, me. With your typo free emails and always being ready for whatever I want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> what did you listen to, John? <laughs> I I did a like a deep dive. I don't know if this is embarrassing or not. So you you can tell me if it's embarrassing or not, but. I did a super deep dive on uh, Veruca Salt, the band from, I think, 94 is when they got big with, like, in case people don't know, that Seether song. And then mm -hmm. two years later with a song called Volcano Girls. I absolutely loved Veruca Salt when they were all about, um, I think they're great. Okay. So I will say this. Let me, let me, let me start with this argument or, like, example or whatever. I think that their debut album, American Thighs, is like damn near untouchable. It's like it, it is it is fucking like perfect, mm -hmm. like female driven grunge nineties kind of alt rock. I don't really know. Right. It's just the tones are there. The the fucking the bass, the drums, the vocals, the the guitar. Obviously, the guitar is like it's it's just. I mean, maybe it's a couple songs too long if you mm -hmm. like want to get picky, but that album is just primo. The cover art, like all of it, is just it's it's so good. Yeah, I agree. So, 
I kind of like that's always been my like you know I've always been like okay well American Thighs was good and then you know they got with Bob Rock who's like the well known kind of Metallica producer and he's done you know a few other rock bands and things like that and they did their second album which is Eight Arms to Hold You and that's a little bit more kind of I want to say like stadium rock it's more polished less yeah. grunge yeah and it's like boomier I guess yeah and you know, I'd always kind of dismiss that. And then, um, gosh, I wish I, like, Nina Gordon, who was the a lighter-haired female front person of the group, I think, uh, they ended up having a fight. Uh, so Louise Post, I guess, was kind of like the main person, and then Nina Gordon. And then her brother was actually the drummer, which I didn't know that until I started getting into the Wikipedia page or whatever. Mm-hmm. But... Like a year after uh, eight, their second album, Eight Arms to Hold You, they kind of broke up technically and like the original lineup left and then she just kind of started, you know, grabbing, I don't, I don't want to call them session players, but just whoever she could get in the band for the most part. And so I, I kind of dismissed that, you know, because I'm kind of a, I don't want to, I don't know, like a completist, you know, like right. this is your band, you know, you can't just like swap members in and out, you know, or whatever. Right. And so I kind of blew off. I can't even remember that third album. I think it's called like Revolver or something like that. Uh, I believe it's called Resolver. Resolver. Thank you. Well, thank you. It's kind of cheap because Eight Arms to Hold You is a Beatles reference. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah. Resolver, come on now. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So I actually haven't even given that, given that one a re-listen since I did my deep dive like these past couple weeks. Right. But, um, you know, obviously found out again that they like the original lineup got back together and then they redid or they didn't redid they recorded a new album and i think it's called like ghost notes or some shit like that i should probably know this if i'm gonna talk <laughs> about it <laughs> but anyways the original lineup got back together and that album's pretty cool and like i you know it makes me feel better as a completist that they're like back together and like friends and like you know the drummer and the bass the original drummer and the bass player back and all that stuff but as i like was doing my deep dive um I think it's, you know, it's Roman numerals, but I think it's just titled, like, 4, right? It's like an I before the V, so it's essentially titled 4, right? Yeah, yep, yep. That's like a 2005 or 2006 thing, I think. Anyways, like, it has um, Kelly Scott on drums, which Kelly Scott is the failure drummer, and he is literally one of the best fucking drummers in the entire world. Yes. Like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you and I can agree on that 100%, but, like... And then, like, just kind of, like, a kind of a fun kind of random thing is it has, uh... What is her name? Like, Nicole Florentino or something like that that was the kind of replacement whatever, like, you know, I call this, like, young adult, like, version of Smashing Pumpkins when Billy Corgan just, like, recruited a bunch of, like, late teens to 20-year-old, like, yep. players to, like, be kind of the <laughs> pumpkins or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so she was, she was, I think she did that album and then joined the Pumpkins after, or might have been vice versa. Actually, yeah. I think, I'm pretty sure it was after. Anyways, like, she was part of that band, which, you know, I'm not saying she's good or bad or anything, because I actually don't have enough material to like make that judgment but mm-hmm. you know just one more kind of thing and that album actually fucking slays like that is such a good album uh see now i listened to that album when it came out because i heard kelly scott was on it 
Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the thing is when I first listened to it, I dismissed the fuck out of it. I was like, oh, this isn't real Veruca Salt. Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> but I listened to it like three days ago and I was like, oh, my God, this is such a good like this is really good. Yeah, it's a little long. Um, yeah, you're I, right. You're right. You're right. It is long. You're right. But now, I like I said, I listened to that album when it came out. So it was like 2005 or 2006. And that's yeah, like the right. iPod era. Yeah, so yeah. like no one really cared about album length. They were just stoked that you was getting a full length album. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So you're right. as much as I'm a stickler with album length, I anything from like 2004 to like maybe 2008, I don't harsh on too much because you know it's the iPod era. Okay. Okay. Fair. That's fair. Why do you always have to go like next level deep? <laughs> oh. You know. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, it's an album. You're like, no, this is where it was in the timeline of like the music well, industry. No, no, I'm. I look. I'm not trying to big time you on this. I just know. Because, <laughs> I'm just no, saying I know you're not. I know you're I, not. I knew. I knew that because I'm such a failure fan that I had heard, you know, back when it came out that he was playing drums on the record. Yeah. I'm like, well, how does dude go from playing with failure to playing with Veruca Salt? I mean, it's kind of cool. I don't know. But no, he he does slay on the record, but dude, it's, he's so it's fucking Ke- good. It's he's Kelly so Scott, good. you know, and he's so nice too. Oh, I know. Like when we were when you were covering those uh, two reunion albums, and I'm sure they're probably hopefully hard at work in a third. But like they, they are. yeah, he was so gracious and like shared all of our articles and just all kinds of cool shit like that. He was awesome, man. Well, he was one of the bigger people that I interviewed. Remember? Oh yeah, 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 at, yeah. I guess at the time, right? Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and uh, the whole time. Well, I think probably I think the first bigger interview I did was Local H, even though they're not oh, like, super yeah. big. But yeah, that was yeah. I think that was your first one, wasn't it? That was like yeah. my first one, and it was like super awkward. Um, <laughs> was and, it? A, was it? A, uh, so it was a it was a phone call. Yeah, it was a phone call, and it was, was like your Kelly Scott one a phone call. Uh, no, that was email, but it was like yeah. a. But it was an email. It wasn't just me sending him questions. And he, it was a back he, and forth back. or whatever. It yeah. was like a back and forth, like a chat almost. Those are the best ones. Yeah. I mean, um, and he like followed me. And so I think he actually liked a few of my pictures recently on Facebook. Like he, Dude, he, what a nice yeah. dude. Like, yeah. that's so dope. Like, to be such an amazing musician and like so like worshipped by like, I don't know, like a maybe a niche group of fans. I mean, failure is pretty big, obviously. Yeah. But, like, maybe a lot of people don't obsess over his, like, drumming because he's not, like, Neil Peart-ish, you know what I mean? Or yeah, whatever. But, right. like, he's just so solid, man. And, like, that to, find, to know that he's, like, a super nice dude and, like, supportive of other people's, like, creative endeavors, like, it just it, it warms my heart. Well, did you see what, he was, what he's been doing since the pandemic? No, I, no, I, I don't follow okay. him at all, really. So, on social media, um, he has been uh, letting people pay him to do drum tracks oh wow okay like and okay. it's I, I don't know how much it is it's like a hundred bucks or 200 bucks or something and okay he'll um you send him something and he'll lay drums down over it and like he was and he's done this like for over a year for anybody it doesn't have to be a big artist it could be <laughs> i could do it you know what i mean and okay now i'm losing my mind thinking about like some shithead like i know fucking band yeah i know some shitty demo and Kelly Scott, the drummer, like probably top twenty drummers of my lifetime, yeah. fucking like just slaying some like trash ass garage demo. Yeah. <laughs> but 
yeah, but my, my point is though, like, see how gracious he is with Sharon. Yeah, for stuff. sure, hundred like, percent. Yeah, that's when, amazing. Yeah, when these when these little like I'm not saying they're garbage fans, but like when no, these, like, there, there might be some good shit in there for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now they've got Kelly Scott playing drums on them, so they're automatically better. <laughs> that's but, insane, dude. <laughs> but no, no. When they talk about it, they're like, oh, and here's our new song on Bandcamp featuring Kelly Scott on drums. He'll share it and say, oh, it was a great song, or I had a great time doing it. like. He don't have oh, to do man. that. man. He's like the nicest dude ever, man. Um, I um, I play in a, my church band, okay? Mm-hmm. And we've done, like, yep. legit studio stuff before. And um, Yo, are you going to get Kelly Scott to play on your shit? No, I'm not. Oh. oh, actually, that would be pretty good. <laughs> I can't afford this. <laughs> no, um, but no, here's a cool story. I, I don't, I'm not trying to... I'll Venmo you in 100 on. bucks. Yeah, yes. Venmo a hundred bucks so I can get Kelly Scott to play on my church record. No, um, but here's a funny one though. Okay, so the dude who used to run the studio um, is a really good friend of mine. Um, he doesn't have the studio anymore, but is that the same uh, guy where you like did like a little bit of session stuff on bass? Yeah, yeah. So okay. he said um, uh, he knew Matt Walker from Filter and Smashing okay. Pumpkins, like you know the yeah, guy yeah. that replaced Jimmy Chamberlain. Yeah, the, um, yeah, for like a couple of years when they did that big tour for Melancholy and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I think he plays the drums on the Batman song from Smashing Pumpkins. I yeah, think he I did s- like one song or two songs tops. And then yeah. They, yeah, but anyway, he's a he's a really good drummer too. Um, yeah, oh yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, he's amazing. I mean, a lot of this he thinks like a drum machine. No, it's Matt Walker. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he plays like a drum machine. But it, I mean, that's also admirable. So so we were gonna have um, a drummer play like a like a session drummer and he's like oh we can get i can get matt walker but uh he'll probably be cheaper than this dude that we got now like whoa well, we can get matt walker <laughs> you know and but like yeah. he's a complete snob about anything he does not he oh. wants the money he oh, does not shit, want really? he doesn't want to be um he doesn't want to be like referenced on any album credits what? yeah like he just he just strictly wants the money you know <laughs> yeah we didn't we didn't Dude, Matt walker's not hardly anybody like i he, know like he's done like some filter shit and like a couple pumpkin things and like maybe like a chris cornell solo record like yeah. what the fuck is he's that just, like he's just a session he's a player dick? that's terrible yeah i mean i don't know i didn't talk to him but like the guy at the studio he's like oh we could probably get him and he's probably not that much money but he's like he doesn't want any credit he doesn't want to be mentioned on anything oh, he man. just wants the money oh and and he he wouldn't want anyone there when he come in to record. Oh God! Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No thanks to Matt Walker. I think we'll. I think of we'll course out I, on that guy. I don't know. I still kind of wanted him on there just so I can. Tell <laughs> so he could like brag about it. <laughs> Matt Walker. Oh, was in the session with uh, Matt Walker of Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, but you can get a session with Kelly Scott for a hundred bucks, and he will retweet you. So. That's true. I need to just to reach out to Kelly Scott and it's like, look, I'm not. I don't want you to play drums on anything. I just want to say hi. And <laughs> I just want to say hi, and we're and still then, friends. And then can we maybe get some details on the uh, newest failure record? Because we need one. Because just because. That was right. Yes, uh, that was one of the first things that I was really upset about because I was supposed to see Failure last year in March. Oh, I had tickets shit. and everything. So that was my second to last concert before everything shut down. They uh, came through Salt Lake, and yeah, it was it was fucking amazing, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never seen a band like Failure, like their sound. 
I never thought that I would see failure, period. Right. And uh, I ended up, I'm, you know, I think I've said this before, maybe not on the podcast, but I have five-year-old twins, so I can't really be like a vinyl guy because they just want to yeah. play DJ every time a goddamn record gets put <laughs> on the turntable. <laughs> the fucking scratch around and shit. So, <clears throat> so I'm a t-shirt guy. So I buy t-shirts for days and days and days. Everyone mm. knows that I have band t-shirts and... I was a little bummed that they didn't have like um, new album kind of merch t-shirts, you know? So I ended up with a Fantastic Planet baseball tee, which I absolutely love. And I tore like a little tiny hole like in the armpit and I haven't no. been able to wear it for like four months. And I've been like begging my wife to sew it because I'm a misogynistic piece of shit and I don't know how to sew <laughs> my <own> t-shirts. <laughs> well, you're only misogynist. She doesn't know how to sew, and you're just assuming she knows how to do it. Hey, well, woman, I, sew this. Well, I said, I was like, hey, I got a hole in my shirt. And she's like, yeah, okay, I'll fix that. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah. And so I, like, put it, and then it's just been buried, and I haven't seen the shirt in, like, six months, and it makes me sad. And, and so I'm wondering, like, I've legit thought about, like, can I get on Amazon and be like, is there a kit to sew your sleeve? And I'll just like learn how to fucking like sew. I'm sure there's my a t-shirts. I'm I sure there's should a, know this, right? There's probably a YouTube video on how to sew the man's guide to how to sew your <laughs> shirt. Oh God. I feel so terrible, but some sometimes, and I admit it on the podcast, so maybe I'm not the worst, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was blown away. I saw him a couple of years ago and I was blown away because they didn't have amps. Yeah, dude, they, they just, just play straight through the PA. That was crazy, right? I know, but I when I heard that they do that, I was like, man, this is going to suck. You know, but it yeah, doesn't. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah. You're hearing the music all around you. It's not just in front of you. Yeah. Oh, That's and they're weird. so good, too. Like, Oh, I know. It's like a session when you're there because yes, they've got laptops yes, yes. and everything. Yes. And, like, I I am a – I'm a – if you ever go one of these days, I'm sure we'll end up at a concert or a festival, but I am such a stickler on drummers. Like, Oh yeah, I bet. I just sit and stare <laughs> at them. And like, if they don't hit hard, I'm like, Oh fuck this guy. He doesn't hit hard. <laughs> or, you know, I'm like, Oh fuck. He's playing slow or, Oh, you know, just such a dick. Like, and I don't even really know how to play the drums at all, but I'm like, Mr. Like drum, like gatekeeper. And <laughs> like Kelly Scott, like he, dude, he played hard. He was energetic. Like he was like upbeat. Like he was, it was so good. Such a good show. Yeah. Those dudes are like, they're so pro. They don't even sweat. You know what I mean? Like, I know. And like, it's crazy. Cause like they were all like heroin addicts at one point and now they're just like <laughs> fine. They're like, what happened? Yeah. Like everybody, but Kelly Scott, I'm pretty sure was like, like a down and out complete heroin addict. And now they're yeah. just like, Oh, we're good. We're, and we're still making dope ass albums. So let's just move on. With our lives. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm, I had tickets and everything. I was going to go see him for the second time. And like, yeah, that was like the first. Ugh. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think we maybe should, you should maybe give like a little more moratorium right now about how you were supposed to cover pitchfork and riot fest. I was supposed to cover Pitchfork. I was supposed to cover Riot Fest. I don't know how I would have managed to do two festivals within 10 days of each other. I oh, shit. They were that close together. Yeah, it was last week was Pitchfork, and Ooh. then this week is Riot Fest. And Riot Fest was four days this year. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. So uh, a bunch of bands have already backed out of Riot Fest. So like today, uh, Faith right. Memore and Mr. Bungle already backed out because of my yeah. pen. Yeah, I think Mac Patton either has like a pre-existing condition or yeah. something going on. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I had the passes, and I didn't officially get them for Riot Fest, but I know the ladies in charge of that were really good friends, and she's always always hooks me up with that. But right, I told right. her that I was just going to back out because I just, I mean, I'm not judging anyone who does go. I'm glad. I'm glad that they're going. I'm glad the festivals are going, but I just, I'm fully vaccinated. I, I take COVID seriously, but I just, with the Delta variant, I, I just felt like I'd I didn't want to be responsible for keeping this going longer, even if it's just my part. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, hey man, a hundred percent. Yeah, I respect I mean, that. I would think I would think shows would probably be easier to go to because they can check uh, your credentials a lot easier. Like, oh, you've been vaccinated. But when you go to a festival, I mean, there's like a billion people there. There's no way that they're. What are I mean, the protocols for that? Did Did you research that, or did you? Yeah, did they send you any info on that, or whatever. Yeah, at Pitchfork, um, at Pitchfork, you had to have proof of vaccination or a 48 hour um, negative COVID test, hmm. Hmm. and you had to um, wear a mask the entire time. And right, right. No one's doing that. I mean, Lollapalooza was here a couple like last month. Yeah, and how'd that go? I didn't even like. I knew it was happening, but I didn't like, you know, it was follow up on it. Close to four hundred thousand people at Lollapalooza this year. Okay, that's a sprinter event for sure. Yeah. Okay. Now here's the thing, though. Um, I don't believe those people when they said that. Oh, we haven't tracked any cases to COVID. Like, dude, thousands mm. of people got freaking COVID there. I don't care. Yeah. You know, yeah. but. The the mayor of Chicago it was is really big in the Lollapalooza. She's there taking pictures with all these bands and artists and stuff. Like Jesus. they're not gonna say anything about this. Right, 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 right. But they already yeah. hate these other festivals. So if 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 our if our cases spike, they're gonna be like, It was Riot Fest's fault. You know? <laughs> yeah, okay, that makes sense. And I'm sure the folks at Pitchfork and Riot Fest are doing their job. I'm not, you know, saying that. I'm just saying that like people's either being I know people's either going to lie about their vaccinations or right, and it's, it's a personal choice, man. I mean, it, yeah, you know, I mean, you have to take into account like the fact that you know you have your family and you might have high risk people, and that is what it is, you know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of. I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm not judging anyone who does go, and I'm glad the fests are going, but it's just not me for me this year. No, that's totally fine, and you know, maybe next year's a different situation, and you go. Yeah, I'll I mean, just, there's no reason to stress it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel bad because you know I like my local festival, especially no, those two. So I like I like you to go to those local festivals so I can sit and cry in my room and <laughs> and bitch about how I'm not there. So yeah, yeah. and and Judy <laughs> always goes to Riot Fest. Um, uh, for those who oh yeah, Judy, podcast, yes, 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 Judy yes. uh, writes at our publication, and she's one of the greatest photographers who yeah, ever she lived. Really is spot on and, with that shit. Yeah. All that good stuff that she does, she's even better of a friend. So I'm really bummed that I don't get to hang out with Judy. This Did she too. go this year? Uh, I think she was going to if I was, but I don't think that I don't think yeah. she's going. I think she backed out too. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, I want to I, I yeah. want to close out really quick on my Veruca Salt thing before. Oh, move I'm on. so sorry. Yes. Um. So there's this little. Maybe it's not as unknown as I think it is, but. Mm -hmm. There's an EP that they put out right after American Thighs that's called... This is the worst fucking title ever, and the cover is even worse. It's called Blow It Out Your Ass, It's Veruca Salt. And it's, oh, uh, nice. I don't even fucking know why they thought that was like a thing or whatever. And the cover art's them like covered in toilet paper. It's the dumbest thing uh, ever. 90s. But, but 
it's produced by Steve Albini and it's like four songs and it, it fucking slays. Is it really? It's so good. Yes. It's two songs by Post and two songs by Gordon and it's so fucking good. I don't think and I've like, ever heard that one. It's it's really hard to find. Like I am a total yuppie piece of shit and I like use Apple Music to like stream my stuff. Yeah. And it's not and it's not on Apple Music so I had to uh find a copy somewhere and um <laughs> anyways it's really fucking good and I'll like no yeah. one talks about it and it's total albini so it's like this big boomy kind of mm-hmm. or albini albini i don't fucking know whatever anyways it's really <laughs> good and that's like a little gem that if you're a veruca salt person like find that out and dig it up so uh, well, as a kid, I had to like Ruka Salt because they're from Chicago. So, yep, yeah, yep. and the the whole alt rock thing. If you didn't like any local bands, you sucked. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a little bit of pressure there, I guess, right? Right. I just like because they. I thought they were cool. I I like the Volcano Girls and all that, but I really like the the Seether album. That's yeah, it. the American Thighs is so fucking good, dude. Like it's it's an it's all-timer. worthy of like an all timer. Like it's yeah. it's good. Like I'm not putting it like in the top. Like hundred, but like I'm putting it in the top like two hundred, three hundred. Well, it, I mean? it was it was better than most of the not Nirvana bands of the exactly, era. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, if you like them, you should check out the group um, Skating Polly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. one of those girls from, or, I'm sorry, one of those ladies from Veruca Salt produced one of their EPs. Yeah, I think that was uh, I think that was Louise Post that got involved with those guys. They they remind me quite a bit of uh, Veruca Salt. I'm actually gonna make a note to check them out when we're done. They're they're really good, and uh, I don't know if it was the last it was last year at Riot Fest or the year before. Oh, it was the one year Judy interviewed them. Um, I don't know what she did with that interview, but the next year she actually remembered uh, talking to us. The one oh that's cool. Yeah, and she was hanging out in the press area, and like she had a dog. And I just got to hang out with Skating Polly for like 20 minutes. <laughs> That's dope. See, yeah. That, I don't know. I love it when bands are just chill. It just it just makes me so happy. Like, I don't know. Uh, it, most of the ones I, I usually have run-ins with at that festival are usually super cool. And that's the one thing that I really, really miss about going this Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a mixed experience like with running like shows and like doing like being like a runner for production and stuff. Well, that's like a that. job like, though. That's a job. So of course these yeah. people's gonna suck when you're working for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like some bands that I was like, oh my god, I'm so excited, and then by the end of the day, I was like, fuck that band. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're gonna have to do an episode one day where we talk about these things. I know, I know, I know. But we can't share. I can't. Yeah, we can't share all the stories like in one episode. I mean, no, gotta, that's know. true. So anyways, so let's move on. So what is your like uh, old school thing that you wanted to talk about? Um, well, as I said in the last episode, I got super into the, the Allman Brothers because it's old. Oh, yeah, and yeah, I listened yeah, to yeah, like yeah. their entire catalog in a week. Yes, um, um, this time I got into, I listened to everything available from Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, shit. Okay. Which I, I'm a huge blues fan. Um, like ever since I was a kid, I've always like blues music so i've listened to most of this stuff but it was okay. really cool to listen to this stuff in order um uh, oh, you so know you, I, you went like chronologically or whatever yeah i went completely 
completely in order. And uh, I skipped a lot of live stuff, you know, because, I mean, he's way better live, but okay. um, I it, that's too much because there's, like, zillions of bootlegs and, you know. <laughs> like, thousand-hour guitar solos and shit like that. Yeah, right. Um, but, no, listening to his albums and a couple of the live stuff in order was just a really cool experience. Uh, I, I can't compliment him on guitar that five zillion other people hasn't already said but and, and i know it's real super boomer too like that's like an old person saying that like that dude just freaking ripped on guitar coop you're turning into a boomer dude next thing up next thing you know i'll be driving like a car with t-tops and doing cocaine. <laughs> t-tops <laughs> so, okay so what is like the quintessential like stevie ray vaughn like album see I can't, I can't say that because it's everything's such a mixed bag. Is it literally if you find one of those like ten dollar essential Stevie Ray Vaughan CDs like at Target? Also, or something, he's like a greatest hits kind of compilation type guy. Yeah, just just do that. Okay, you know? okay, okay. <laughs> do you do you remember? Maybe maybe you don't, I, and you shouldn't remember. But like, I have this, I have that same type of thing with like Aerosmith, right? So like. I'm like, oh man, like, you know, you listen to some Aerosmith hits, like, you know, you listen to a few in a row and you're like, wow, this is like, these, these guys are fucking dope. Like, you know, Sweet and <laughs> is such a cool song. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, and then like some of the 80s shit, you're just like, okay, but that, that kind of like moves. That's cool. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, so like, what's the album? Do they have like an album? And I think I, when I was more active on Twitter, I was like, hey, what's the album? And like you and everyone else was like. There's not one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the thing with Aerosmith. They're not an album band. I mean, they've probably yeah. got like 500 albums, but like, who cares? Yeah. Like people were like, you know, get a grip or maybe like uh, toys in the attic or whatever the fuck that thing's called. And so I was like, well, I know get a grip or whatever. Cause like, you know, Alicia Silverstone, I think everybody on that right. album, at least I did. Yeah. I, I like so, that album. Yeah. But I was like, okay, Toys in the Attic, and I got like three songs in it, and I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, <laughs> like shut it up. I was like, no, no, this, I don't need to listen to this. Like, <laughs> you, you know what the secret is to Aerosmith? What's that? Okay, all their songs start with the chorus. Oh, shit. Why do you always do these like mind blowing things to me, like mid podcast? It's so <laughs> annoying. I'm so- <laughs> Like, think about it. Like, Sweet Emotion, it oh, starts so with dope. Sweet Emotion. It starts with the friggin' hook. Yes. Um, look at, uh, like, even like a garbage song, like Janie's Got a Gun. That's uh, the, that's how the song starts. Yeah, holy shit, man. Okay, give me something from uh, Get a Grip. Let's see. Uh, crying. Does crying start like that? Uh, no, but it kind of starts out with that big bombastic yeah. thing that starts uh, the chorus, uh, yeah, you know? Yep, yep. So, oh, fuck. that's their trick. It's uh, like, let's hook them with the hook right at the first, and then we can suck for the rest of it until we get to the hook again. Until <laughs> we, we get them the hook again. Yo, you have to admit, you have to admit that, like, him allowing his, like, like blossoming actress daughter to be a stripper in one of his music videos is a little cringy. Oh, man. Like, they're just so weird. I mean, like, I saw them, I'm like, okay. I wa- Wait, you've seen Aerosmith live? No, I've never seen Aerosmith live. Could oh, you imagine okay. how sufferable that would be? No, I mean, I I had the opportunity to run a show for them. 
like, I think during the, remember that Pink album they put out in like the late 90s? Yeah. I think that's what it was called. But they came through and Nine I, Lives, Nine Lives. Oh, Nine Lives. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. But the 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 song Pink was on there. Wasn't that like the hit like Pink or some shit like that? Oh, Anyways, God. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I I was offered that show and not offered. They asked me because they needed people and I was busy, and I heard some horror stories afterwards. So I'm glad I didn't do it. Like I'm not talking even about the band, but like, could you imagine being in an arena with with Aerosmith fans? No. No. That would just suck. No. No. <laughs> no, but yeah, so that's the trick with Aerosmith, is they start with the chorus. I can't think of any other band who does that. <laughs> oh my god. You either ruined Aerosmith for me, or you made it that much better. I don't know which one, but I, I, I will let you know, maybe on the next episode. So. Yes, we'll, we'll we'll circle back around with the corrections corner on how you <laughs> feel about corner. Aerosmith. Yes. <laughs> uh, what's right. the new thing that you listened to over the past month that you're super into? So I actually want to shout out um, this like label that I just randomly, randomly stumbled upon. And, um, you know, there's a little group of us on Twitter, I think, that kind of follow like indie labels, you know. Yeah, with, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, Ghost in the Room and, you know, you – you you follow all those Nashville ones, and I wish I knew the names. I should be better at this. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I think that we're really fairly good proponents individually or maybe mm-hmm. collectively as, like, trying to, like, you know, support labels and then the bands that they sign and that stuff. Because, like, for me, and I'm sure you guys, I don't mean to speak for you or Matt or anybody, because Matt's definitely one of those people. Matt's a writer for our site, by the way, in case people yes. don't know. One of the coolest. Um, absolutely. Um, but, like, with you and, like, Dead Elvis Records and, like, you know, I'm always down with Sergeant House and shit like that. Um, and I think Matt's a big, like, Gilead Media, you know, yeah, guy yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. Um, I discovered this label called, like, Head to Wall Records, and they're out of um, – God, I can't even remember now. Jesus, I wish I was better at this. Anyways um, – they have like this amazing roster of bands and like, I just like discovered their Facebook page and just like went through like all of their like albums that they put out even for this year. And like, they are all so good. Like honestly, like so good. Yeah. So it's like head and then the number two and then wall records and they're okay. So they're out of Columbus, Ohio. And they're like, if you look at their roster, like all of their out, like they, they have so many, like, um just to kind of shout out like a few of them like they there's a little ep that this band called big deal put out that's really good um they put out the latest album from a band i'd never heard of that sounds like a band that i love which is cloakroom and cloakroom's kind of on a hiatus and that's kind of like slow kind of slow core like emo heavy stuff i've heard of Um, that that band before because i yeah the the name sold me yeah before i even heard the song so there's a band like them that's that's called Hold Down the Ocean that is just so fucking good, yeah. and then like, I, anyways, like if you if if anyone that listens to this and you're into kind of noise rock or grungy stuff or just like cool rock bands, like definitely try and find like Head to Wall Records uh, Bandcamp page and just go through like their kind of like I don't know I guess like 
whatever fucking category of all their bullshit they've put out and like it's on like they they have signed so many good bands and like within the past year like they've put out probably like a solid 10 good releases like it, and i found it like last weekish kind of when i was in my veruca salt rabbit hole and i was just like holy shit like and just like <laughs> downloaded like pretty much all of it like it's it's a really good label and like i'm gonna be like a dedicated follower from here on out so i i made a note of that and i'm gonna check some of them out i i know i've heard of that one that one group yeah um that's a good idea i think we should do for every episode moving forward is that we should i know there's not that many uh, i mean i guess there's probably millions of indie labels but um let's do on every podcast let's feature um an indie label just to kind of get their name out there to yeah that, support small business and 100%. share good music man i think like i don't know like it's one thing to be in a band right like and the ba- being in a band's kind of self-serving a little bit like you get to be creative you get to like mm-hmm. you know create songs and you know and then it's kind of about like sharing yourself like publishing yourself and yeah. promoting yourself but with a record label like it really takes like a special like individual or group of it, group of individuals to like take on these bands promote these bands and then hopefully make some sort of profit while also like propping these bands up monetarily you know what i mean like it's 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 a huge i don't know like big props to like anybody that runs like a indie label like it Mm -hmm. i can't imagine how much work it is like i honestly can't i uh a lot of the label uh folks who i'm friends with i've been friends with for over a decade, a lot of the people right, I was right. friends with before they even started the label, right, and right. I, I'm not saying that as like a hipster, like oh I knew them before they were a label. No, no, I'm just saying like these are real people, and I yeah. I think a lot of people out there, some probably do, but um, you forget that these are this is somebody's dream that they've yep. done, or they or they wouldn't yep. have started a label. Hundred uh, percent, especially the labels that put out vinyl, because uh, vinyl is like freaking expensive to to publish. Oh, and it's so delayed now too. Like oh, just that, push yeah. back months and months and months and months yeah. and months. Like that's a whole other topic I can get into because oh, Taylor God. Swift and Jack White are two very big issues with the oh, vinyl I know. thing. Eating up all the vinyl. Yeah, I know. yeah. So I'm not gonna get into that now, but um, that's for the Jack White episode. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, please don't make me be a part of the Jack no, White episode. No, no, I don't want to shit part of the all Jack over White. him. I have no oh. respect for that dude. Like, can I cannot. Yeah, me either. Um, no, but like the dudes that put out vinyl because they're not making any money on vinyl records. It's oh too really? Expensive. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I don't want to get into labels, finances, and stuff, but most of these people are only putting out like five hundred or eight hundred pressings of of a record, and uh, they make deals with these groups. They'll give some to the bands to sell on their own websites, but the stuff right, that they're right. selling, they're barely making any money. I mean. <sighs> Any money they do is basically going to finance the next. Yeah, it just goes back into the company or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So those dudes work hard, and especially during the pandemic, and uh, we should support them. So yes, good, good uh, for you for bringing that up because I think from here on out we'll talk about a label in each episode. Yeah. So just one more shout out. Head to Wall Records. They're out of Columbus, Ohio. I finally figured out where they're from. Um, I would look up their Bandcamp page and just kind of dig around and see who you like and. I honestly think you're going to find if you're into like kind of rock or uh, heavy stuff or noise stuff or just kind of anything like you're going to find something that you like. They have a couple good uh, shoegaze bands on their label, too. So, oh, yes. Nice. 
so the thing that I liked that I listened to is um, an indie group from uh, Brooklyn, I believe. They're okay. called um, they're called American Darlings. Okay, I'm looking um, them up right now. Yeah, I I uh, I know the the one dude from the the band. I mean, I'm not like super i'm not saying this like i'm plugging my friend's band but i've <laughs> uh i've talked to this guy quite a few times he's a great guy but um their second album come out in december but i think the physical copies come out this year so it's still technically new uh their latest album's called afterglow yeah and uh, it it's uh an amazing album uh he actually sent me a cassette um oh, of cool. it yeah, and a CD. So I got two physical media. I don't know if it's on vinyl or not, but I definitely want to get it on vinyl. But they're kind of like a pop punk, not pop punk, uh, like a power pop type of thing. They're okay. kind of like, um, like think of Teenage Fan Club and Big Star and My Bloody Valentine all rolled into one. Yeah, that, so they're like shouting out like fuzz pop on their like Bandcamp page. Do you, would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I would say that they're very, I mean, it, it's a lot of noisy and shoegazy, but there's still a lot of melody and a lot of like pop hooks for sure. For know? sure. Okay. So that's totally my thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So yeah. So American darlings, the album's called afterglow. Uh, yep. definitely get that one or, and get the rest of them too, because they're good. Yep. Seven bucks on Bandcamp, friends. I just looked it up. Yeah. Go see? snag it. Seven bucks. Or stream it or stream it for free. Like a yuppie bastard. Like I am. <laughs> that's okay i'll buy it twice and it makes up for you oh there we go okay okay See? or or maybe like this is how i justify things because i'm a yuppie asshole like i just said but uh like the fact that we promoted someone gives up or like takes place to the fact that like i'm terrible mm. yeah i don't nope. know <laughs> <laughs> Totally shot down. Holy shit. Okay. Something like the host of a podcast just beating the shit out of the co-host just out of nowhere. Oh, come on now. <laughs> it's like Mike never left. <laughs> oh, we're going to get back into that. Okay. All no, right. no, no, no. I'll I wonder put if, my pads on. Yeah, I wonder, if, I wonder if Mike listens to that last episode. There's no fucking way, dude. No. He doesn't give a shit. It's fine, yeah. though. Uh, I really like the 1996 episode. Uh, it, I'm, it's not a segue into the brief topic I'll get into, but uh, you talked about Veruca Salt and um, yeah, yeah. the drama with Veruca Salt in the Foo Fighters. Oh yeah, yep, yeah, yep. And I think I think all that happened in 1996. <laughs> yeah, yeah 96, 97. So. Uh... Just because I've done this deep dive, yeah, uh, Louise Post, who, who's technically the front person, even though Nina Gordon was right there too, but she and Grohl dated for, I think, a solid year and a half to two years. Mm -hmm. um, so this was right when he put out Color and Shape with the Foo Fighters, and they kind of blew up a little bit. And then apparently, according to the Wikipedia page, this isn't even me digging that hard, is Grohl fucked Winona Ryder, <laughs> and Louise that, Post... Just that, that right there, that's what happened. Just like, <laughs> no, no way to make that sound any nicer. Not They had a relationship, <laughs> or an affair, or cheated on her, but, nope. but that. Yeah, and apparently she got real drunk during a show in Australia, which, this is a random fucking kind of fact, but... 
Baruch Assault like sells out every possible show in Australia. Yeah, don't them. ask me why, but they do. Like they can like tour in Australia for like a month and sell out every fucking show, which is weird as shit, but it is what it is. Anyways, she got shit faced one night back in the nineties, and basically admitted that to like a crowd full of people in like Sydney, Australia, as to why they broke up. Which is I don't know. I'm not gonna. Yeah, that's none of my business, but she is the voice that you hear on Everlong, the phone call voice. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, and apparently that song is about her, too, according to old Dickface. See, we have to bring up the Foo Fighters every time. God damn it. I'm so... uh... Like, they hit, like, the the lowest of the low, just barely. I'm not even going to say it's the lowest of low. They just hit Come the surface. On. It's just that. No, no. It's worse than that. It's just like they're so surface. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, God. Like, like it's, it's just generic rock music. Like, hey, uh, what's a rock the band? The fucking Bee Gees cover band thing? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Anything. Like, Dave Grohl will be anywhere on anything. Oh, God. Just, he just loves himself so much. Did you catch that clip of him like talking to Pharrell Williams about how he supposedly ripped off like all all of these like seventies uh, like R and B drummers? No, oh, shut up. Like, there's no fucking way he intentionally did that, but he realized like after the fact that like those beats are similar to like the Gap Band and like whoever the fuck else. No, he's just trying to earn credibility. Yeah, and the thing is, is he bragged about like at a barbecue or something like apparently the i should probably know this guy's name but fuck me if i don't but anyways like the gap band drummer apparently is like quite the fucking drummer mm-hmm. and i should know this and i apologize if he i don't so he won't. I'm, anyways, I'm sorry too so apparently he invites this fucking guy to like one of his barbecues right mm-hmm. and he walks up to him and he's like hey man I've basically been ripping you off the entire time I played Nirvana. And the Gap Band guy was like, yeah, I know, motherfucker. And they, like, (laughs) giggled about it. So he blatantly comes out and says, hey, I stole your fucking shit because I'm supposedly a good drummer, but now I just expose myself that I just copy R&B drum beats and put them to grunge music. Like, yeah, I was just like... And like, and then Pharrell sits there and acts all like all appalled, like all appalled and amazed and all this shit. And it's just like, I just feel like he like made that up for the segment where in reality he was just playing the drums in the nineties and then (laughs) found like a correlation that he could then like get like media exposure on like 35 years later. You know what I mean? It's just about Dave Grohl. Like, any way he can talk about himself, he'll do it. Like, why didn't you mention that in the 90s? Why didn't you say, oh, yeah, you know, my my biggest inspiration is the Gap Band? Yeah, no. See, because in the 90s, he was an edgelord. But now he's like, cool dad. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's vomitous, dude. It drives me insane. I hate it. I know. It just makes me angry. It really does. And I shouldn't care. And I think it's because I want to be, like, friends with him. And then, like, hate being friends with him. Like, I want to, like, hang out with him and then go home and, like, talk to my wife and be like, Grohl was such a fuck tonight. He was such a dick. His sushi wasn't fresh or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to be friends with Dave Grohl. I mean, I guess if he wants to shower me with money, I would do it. But 
I'm like a jealous ex-girlfriend. No, no, it's like, all right, you've probably been to a party or a get-together or whatever, and there's like that one dude who brings the acoustic guitar. Yes, that's him. That's totally him. That yes. same girl. Like, yes. Uh, I mean, like, there's ways you can do that, because, like, that's like the slimy thing that, like, douche bros do to try to get with girls. Like, oh, I'm going to play a Jack Johnson no song to make that you works fall in anymore. love. There's no, no, no way that works anymore. No, no, not now, but I'm just saying, like, it could go that way, or it could be, like, right. the guy who thinks he's, like, adorable, and, like, he's going to, like, pick out these hilarious songs and do funny Jimmy Fallon versions of them. Oh, you know, God. it's just whatever it takes to be the life of the party, that's what that guy is, right? That's yeah. Dave Grohl. I know, I know. He seemed so cool, like, when he first started the Food Fighters. I was like, oh, okay, like wow, he's, like, funny and doesn't give a shit and kind of edgy, and, like, now I'm just, like, vomit all the time. No, I think I think what really ruined him is he started hanging out with Jack Black. And I like Jack Black. I'm not saying nothing about him. But, like, when you're around funny people and they think you're funny, then you have uh, to think that you're funny. Yep, yep, yep. You know? That makes sense. That makes I sense. made Jack Black laugh tonight, so I must be comedian, you know? So. Ugh, ugh. Gross. Right. Yeah, so. Gross. Yeah, so we did it. We brought up Foo Fighters. Why? I didn't. I, you did it. I didn't do it. I know. I'm sorry. You should say it. You should apologize to our audience. I'm sorry for bringing up the Foo Fighters, <laughs> but I'll probably do it again in the next episode. I know. Oh, fuck. So being that we've already talked like, I don't know, like five hours, I don't have to get into the topic too much. But my original plan for this podcast episode was talking about how a lot of people, um, always automatically assume that you like a band's earlier work or an artist's work. Right. I'm sure you've probably talked to somebody like, oh, there's that band. I really like their early stuff, but after that, no thanks. Yeah, and I feel like I'm guilty of that too, depending I on mean, the band. I, but here's the thing. I don't think there's like a – I think it's – kind of go both ways. I mean, I know you're not a Beatles dude, but right. – for the most part, most people like the Beatles. I don't think anyone's going to say that their first album, Please Please Me, is going to be better than Sgt. Pepper. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know? So, okay, so can't, can't take the Beatles out of there. So Jimi Hendrix, you know, Jimi Hendrix's third album is the album that everyone knows. They don't ah, care Ah, man, about come on. The first two are fucking dope as shit. I, I agree. I like I like all Jimi Hendrix, period. But I'm just saying that, like, that's the, the one that you're going to see on vinyl in Walmart. Yeah, you're right. You know what I'm okay, saying? Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, but then then again, we got bands like Metallica. Like, it's very, very hipster for people to say, like, oh, I like their thrash stuff when they first came out, but once they started doing pop, I wasn't interested. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, okay. I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna voice my opinions on Metallica because I'm just not qualified. So. Well, I mean, that's a whole other episode. I mean, that would be a right. Yeah, <laughs> I think but we just... already did that once, didn't we? Do that when we tried to do a Kanye like big group Metallica episode, like way uh, back in the day. Yeah, I think so. But yeah. I think that. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, that's a band that's pretty much for the most part, people are going to say that the early stuff was better. Yeah, it's a nostalgia band. Right. Okay. Um, but then there's groups like Radiohead. Their first album sucked. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I hate mean... that album. I mean, they hate it. So, I mean... Right, 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 right. But, okay, but if we're talking about hipster bands, I, mean, I guess Radiohead would kind of be hipster because hipsters like Radiohead. Um, I feel like it's hipster to not like Radiohead at this point. Yeah, probably. Like, like the, the like Gen Z hipsters are like, fuck Radiohead. Right. 
And they probably never even listen to Radiohead. They just know that the generation before them really liked them. Exactly. Exactly. So what about Wilco? No one ever brags about Wilco's first album. I like Wilco's first album. But... No, yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not 100% well-versed on Wilco, but mm. I will say this. like, I love all of their shit up until they started just doing random like surprise releases. So... Yeah, uh, yeah, so like I agree. right up until like, what was the album after Ghost Is Born where they like hired that like crazy guitar player? Wasn't there like one right after that that was like pretty dope? Uh oh, uh yeah, God, what's the name of that album? I'm looking it up. Right now. It was really when they started doing Star Wars. They had that yeah, album exactly. Star Wars. When they did Star Wars. I was like, mm-hmm. and that album, that album's fine. I like Star Wars. No, I mean, it's it was, fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. But like yeah. after that, it was like it's kind of like that self-important, insufferable. We're Radiohead now. We can drop albums because you know, because we're Wilco and we're because, just funny and we do right. whatever we want. Yeah. If if Beyonce can or Radiohead can release album with no fanfare, so can we. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I agree. So okay. So give me like another good example of like a band that where people are like their first shit's really good but their new shit's terrible. Uh, I mean, I kind of feel like a lot of people's going to say that with all metal. Okay, so like pretty much every like thrash band or like what do you I mean, like what I are like you saying. I mean, I'm just saying like that's something that you always hear with with thrash bands or, or metal bands like their early yeah. stuff's good but their newer stuff isn't. But, yeah. I mean, but think about it. I mean, one of my favorite bands of all time, Slayer. Um, right. I love Slayer. I thought their new out al- their latest album was not their new album now. It's five or six years old now. It was fine. I can't hate them. It sounded no different than their other stuff. I mean, but right. their first albums really weren't that great. You know, when people think of Slayer, you're thinking of like the trilogy of like you know Rain and Blood, South right, of right. Heaven, Seasons in the Disc. Um, but that, but like Rain and Blood is like their. S- second or third album so it's really like their mid-tier was their good stuff so like here's okay so like as as like we're talking about this like i'm starting to like kind of like think about how i judge it and like Mm -hmm. a little bit of it is like here's so going even going back to like veruca salt or whatever like or i can compare it to probably a handful of bands and i will maybe as i get down the road on this but like so veruca salt right so it's like okay you know, like American Thighs and the EPs that they put in out in between, like uh, Eight Arms to Hold You or whatever, like that's like the like meta shit, right? Like that's the stuff that matters, right? And so, like, okay, so the original lineup's gone, and you know, she tried to, or uh, Louise Post tried to keep her like livelihood or her band going, and you know, hiring other people and making an amazing album with like Kelly Scott and the, you know, kind of fill in basis from Smashing Pumpkins, and it's like. It almost gets dismissed because, oh, it's not, you know, like the, like, original lineup, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or to the second point is where I will, I will get into this, like, thing where it's like, okay, you guys were a solid band or a productive band from, you know, let's say like 92 to 98. And then you took this huge hiatus because you got in a fight or whatever the fuck happened. And then you got back together in like 2007. Right, so there's like this nine to ten year gap or eight year gap or whatever where, you know, they turn into rock stars, they got into a fight, whatever the fuck, then I almost look at it, and I'm sure this is me being John Schmetto, but it's like, okay, well, you just lost that huge source of income, 
and then you're you're a little bit more willing to like bury the hatchet because <laughs> you want that lifestyle back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Plus, uh, like, I'm sure they love being like in a band together, but at the same time, like it's a little bit more loaded than that. It's not like oh, I really miss playing drums with my junior high buddy. It's yeah, you know, I really miss those ten thousand dollar paychecks that would come in from my royalty fees or my well, touring fees. You know, I, or whatever. I think to um kind of really drive it home with your point there is I, I hate to bring them back up but the smashing pumpkins yeah there you go there you, you go now um, perfect example perfect example. yeah i mean that's a band that's pretty questionable after their biggest hits i mean like they've always had exactly. hits but like people most of the time don't really care for anything after melancholy exactly i, I do because i think i mean it's been hit or miss but i like the door you know but I mean, now, um, Machina's Machina. I think is a good is a good band or good album. Uh, yeah, the first one. Well, the one the that came out one. after Adore. It's it's called yeah. like something. I don't know. Yeah, that's the first one. Band. Yeah, there's two of those. Yeah, yeah, one and two. Yeah, and yeah. yes, yeah. But but my point is, oh, I mean, I also like that album they had with uh, like an 07. Um, oh, the Zeke Ice one. Yeah, I like that one a lot. It was too. like just Billy and uh, Jamie Chamberlain back together. Yeah, with it was else. just. Yeah, just them playing a bunch of loud, hard. It's probably their heaviest album, I think. I would yeah, say. it's pretty heavy. Yeah, uh, but no, I'm just saying, like, but people really exactly. didn't care. You know, like I discredit it. Like, I'll, I'm listening to Smashing Pumpkins. I'll listen to like the first three albums, and but yeah, like exactly. I don't regularly listen to Zeitgeist or whatever it's called, and that Astral Planes or whatever. Like, yeah. I don't like people discredit it automatically. But now that James is back and Jimmy is back. Um, I still kind of don't care. I mean, I think Jimmy was like the, I mean, uh, James is a big talent in Smashing Pumpkins, but like now that he's back, but Darcy's not back, I still discredit it. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, here's the thing, like for me and you know, I'm, I think you're kind of already like kind of speaking to this, but it's just like there, it loses, it loses this like, um, like genuine feeling to it. Right. So it's like. Right. So it's like, you know, Billy Corgan puts out a solo album. Nobody gives a shit about it. So he's like, okay, well, I need my band name back, you know, so people will yeah. recognize me. So then he gets his band name back without any of the original members. And then he's like, hey, Jimmy, come play an album with me. So they put out the Zeke Ice record. That's like fairly well received, but not really, right? And so yeah. Jimmy's like, I'm not doing this. You know, I'm old or whatever the fuck, right? Okay. And so then he's like, okay, well... Smashing Pumpkins is my band, so I'm going to hire these, like, young adult, you know, the YA pumpkins, right? Like, all yeah. these fucking, like, little kids, basically, that he... that I mean, all these kids were in their, like, late teens to, like, mid-20s mm -hmm. to, like, early 20s. Like, and Corgan's, what, like, 50-something? Like, it's yeah, cringe. Right. It's mm -hmm. super cringe in my mind. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to do that. And he does, like, Terror Garden or whatever the fuck that album was called. And, like, nobody gave a shit because they're just like... This is weird, right? Mm -hmm. So he goes on tour. No one's really going to see him as much, whatever. And so he's like, okay, well, how am I going to make the same amount of money or money that I used to make or, you know, the popularity of the attention or whatever? So he's like, okay, we're going to get the original band back together. And, like, he does that with three, four success with, like, you know, everybody wants Darcy back. And apparently there's some sort of mystery or whatever the fuck's going on there. I'm not even going <laughs> to get into that. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, well, no one, I mean, we still kind of care, but we don't really care. And like, 
it's just it just it loses that like for me as like a fan and i'm a big pumpkins fan like it you know like siamese dream if you remove disarm and we've talked about this several times like that i can play that album all day every day back and forth back and forth and i don't know and like machina one machina two like they're both good albums and like i don't know it 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 doesn't seem genuine is basically what i want to say like there's no there's no it's not it's not genuine is basically what i'm trying to say and it it for me, it seems fake, and it seems like a cash grab. I auditioned for the Smashing Pumpkins. No, you didn't. Well, I did the video thing back when he was looking for all the teenagers. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it was just like you just sent a video. Uh, it was like play three Smashing Pumpkins songs on bass or whatever. Uh, I didn't even get a reply back. <laughs> you didn't? Do nope. you have the video somewhere? Oh god, uh, probably somewhere Dude. on the old computer. I, it's <laughs> it's not even like of. I mean, you just see like my, my hands play. You know, they didn't. What songs did you pick? Um, I play. Well, they they on the website when they did it, they had the songs. It was choose like th- uh, three of these six songs. Yeah, and I mean it was pretty varied. I mean, I understand that um, how that approach. I mean, one of the songs is nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. Um, one of them was um, today, which I didn't play today. I played um, Rocket. No, not Rocket. Uh, Chair Rock. Okay, um, okay. And then, uh, then there was like slower songs, which was like you know the more ballady stuff. I'm sure they probably got five billion people playing Disarm. Right, right, right. But uh, I played uh, mayonnaise. But uh, oh, yeah. good pick! Mayonnaise is a dope ass fucking song. Man. Oh, it's probably one of my favorites. But anyway, oh, yeah. I sent it in and I didn't get a response. <laughs> I'm sorry, and I'm sorry that I made fun of the YA adult Smashing Pumpkins lineup. Look, it is whiny, and I would have taken that paycheck. And... Oh yeah. <laughs> And I would have totally bragged about being friends with you if you would have done the podcast with me afterwards. I mean, this was probably 2000. You're looking know, at five? like 2010 ish, probably, right? Twenty. No, no, it was no, it was before that. It was like it was before Zeitgeist, I think. Oh, so like 20, 2006, 2005, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dude. I was like 22 or 21 or something like that. Probably, I don't know. We need those videos. We need those videos on the internet. Yeah. Plain and simple. Ugh. But no, so <laughs> back to, I mean, those are songs too, but. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, we should give props for like Billy Corgan being a pretty fucking solid bass player because he has basically played like all the guitars on like all of their like bigger albums. Yeah. I mean, you can tell when James is playing because uh, yeah. he has a very noise rock, bendy type of thing. And I think that when I think Billy Corgan emulates a lot of that, so you know, even back then, so but no, no, that's to that point, um, that's a band who their early stuff was way better. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I haven't even listened, I so I pulled up the wiki while I was you know trying to pretend like I knew what I was talking about, but uh, <laughs> you know, like the, they put out a CYR album and it's got like you know, James Eha on it and. Hmm. Jimmy Chamberlain and then Jeff Schroeder who was in like that Swan album or the Swan um, no one cares. group with Corgan back in the day and it's just like <laughs> I don't and it's 20 fucking tracks like come on bud like yeah it's 72 minutes long like I'm not fucking listening to that like come on dude no I'm not listening no to that fucking crap. way 
Like they're wearing all this makeup and stuff too. You're like, dude, yeah. you're all granddads. Like, yeah, <sighs> grandpa doesn't need to be wearing eyeliner. Yeah, I don't know. If you like, want your zero shirt, put on the freaking zero shirt. But like, draw the line there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think like we could almost make a whole episode of like comparing bands that broke up and then got back together, or like bands like I don't know, maybe like Deftones or somebody that's like tried the hardest they can to stay together, and whether or yeah. not like their music after a certain point's been good or not good. You know what I mean? Like. Well, I just think that there's no real merit to that, to that, uh, that trope. That no, I don't think so either. Set. I mean, yeah. we just talked about failure. I mean, the two reunion, if you want to call them that, reunion albums from failure, in my mind, are as good, if not better, than Fantastic Planet. And Fantastic Planet's yeah. regarded as like one of the best albums of all time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. I mean, I mean, well, hey, if you want to split hairs, Kelly Scott wasn't on the first failure record. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm talking about um, well, like Magnified and then Fantastic Planet, right? But right. then the other one's just called Failure, isn't it? Like the first one or something like that? Uh, no, uh, the first three. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you're right, yeah. Wait, is it? Are I you exposing fan- me to being a goddamn noob on Failure? Literally. No, I'm exposing myself because I thought Fantastic <laughs> Planet was their second album. I think it's their third. Yeah. Pretty sure it's their third. Okay. I don't, I don't know. All I'm saying is the point of the theme that we did for this podcast holds zero merit because there's just as many bands who sucked at first and there's just as many bands who are great at first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's like, if I would just go back to at least for me and not that I'm right, but like there's a certain thing where like they take a break or they try to just like supplement the lineup and then all of a sudden decide they want the original lineup back. Like, there's a very apparent point, even if you just look at like the Wikipedia page, and maybe that's dumb to judge a band on that, but you can kind of see a line that's drawn where it turns from being in a band because you want to be in a band into being in a band because you want a paycheck is basically how I would kind of yeah. judge and, that. And, you know, there's no shame in that either because if they can go out there and sell tickets to see these things, I mean, go for it. That's fine. No, I mean, you know, if I was a bass player for... Veruca Salt, and you know, I was gonna get paid a bunch of money to play Seether over and over. Do you think I wouldn't? Do you think I'd say no? Fuck. Oh me. man, I, I would join any band. I would do yeah. anything than what I'm doing now for a living. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a band listening to this that would willing to pay me more than what I make in my own business, please take me <laughs> along because I'll do it. Yes, please take Coop along. I cannot go, so Coop could go <laughs> in my place. He's well, I mean, how many times I've seen the Misfits like three times since they reunited with Danzig. Oh, God. I mean, come on. Like, that's beyond that legacy. be a train wreck and a half. Actually, it's very good. And the, the times that I've seen them, they've gotten even better. Um, oh, good so. for them. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. Last time I saw Danzig solo, I was like, oh, no, buddy. Uh, he is nailing it. I mean, I saw him. After the Misfits, I saw him do um, "How the Gods Kill" complete. He played the whole album yeah, at, yeah. at Riot Fest. He yeah. did great. He was. I saw. Yeah. I saw him solo in 2011, 2010, 2011. Yes, yeah, so like a solo tour. Probably like and slowing like, down. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Oh no. And he had this thing where you couldn't take pictures or video during. Oh yeah. The yep, performance. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I got I almost got kicked out because I was like, try, this is when BGM had just barely started, so this is probably 2012. I was like trying to get content for the site and like cover the show. Yeah. And I got busted twice, and some big ass dude was like, "You're done," and I was like, "Dude, I promise I'll put my phone away." Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I look. I always got to bring up dancing on every episode, so that's the new Foo Fighters. Oh um, shit! Have you done that every episode so far? I, f- I think. I don't. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I'm doing it now. Uh, yeah, there you I, go. Um, I saw Danzig's movie, uh, his second. Oh movie. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if you read the article or not, but uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, it was fun. So, Much like, fun. was it a good movie? A good movie? No. Um, it was a fun <laughs> movie. Uh, his this, his first movie is probably one of the worst movies you'll ever see ever. Right, 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 right. I right. I think it's on Shutter. You should, you know. Oh, is it? I think you should hate yourself and go watch it, or at least on demand. It's on one of those. The first movie. If it's on Shutter, I mean, I've already got the subscription, so I, I mean, I would, I would, I would do that. To uh, myself. Yeah, I, his first movie, Veronica, is on. I think it's on Shutter. Um, okay. Okay. His second movie, it'll be coming out on on demand or Shutter probably in a few months. But it's a much better movie. Not a good movie, but it's much better. Okay. Hey, 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 speaking of uh, horror movies or gory movies or slasher movies, um, uh, Brandon Paris, who is a very good friend of the site, contributor to the site, uh, very big into like the Providence kind of uh, queer scene, et cetera, et cetera. Um, his movie that he co-directed, starred in, did the visual effects for, uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous, is on, like I think, all of the streaming services at this point. Death. So... Yeah, sorry. Yes. Thank you for... <laughs> this is me fucking up a plug that I didn't plan on doing, and Coop saved me. Anyways, Death Drop Gorgeous <laughs> is on all of the streaming services. I am not getting any monetary uh, compensation back for this. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to support a friend, and it is a very good movie if you're into kind of slasher, kind of be real type shit like that. And if you get a chance, check it out. Uh, I will second that because I, I saw it too. And uh, again, this podcast is not monetized. We're not nope. getting kickback of any kind. Uh, Brain is a good friend of me and as well as the site or whatever. Uh, it's a great movie. Um, even if that's not your scene, if you just like film, indie film, or just horror in general, every single shot of this movie is made with love. And you can yep. tell that. And uh, it's it's fantastic movie it's fun from start to finish and i i second that don't don't watch the drop dead gorgeous with uh kirsten dunce but death no, no. drop gorgeous with yeah. our very good friend and uh bgm co-conspirator brandon paris so brandon's uh interview with kid rock was the one of my all-time <laughs> favorite things at this publication. Oh, <laughs> yep we have <laughs> We've hit we hit a low and a high at the same time with that video. <laughs> uh, we have a YouTube channel that is long since dead for the most part, but there are some gems on there if you ever want to dig around. So we need to get Brandon on this show. You know what? We had Brandon on a show way back in the day when we did the Prince tribute album, and he just went completely AWOL and was talking about doing acid and listening to uh, diamonds and pearls and listen then like throwing in random vhs cassettes and it was easily the best segment 
Yeah, well, see, the that's, entire why, podcast. We, that's why Brandon needs to get back on here. Brandon, if you're listening to this, please come on this episode, uh, one of these episodes. Oh, fucking Brandon's my favorite, one of my favorite people, dude. He's so yeah, fucking he's, dope. Love and guy. genuine, a nice dude, just a really nice dude. For sure, 100%. All right, Coop, now what? Are we done? Or we, you, would you, you got something else for me? Um, I think that's pretty much it. We covered a lot of ground. This was This was the filler episode. We didn't have a very long <laughs> topic that was thought out, but it was our charisma and chemistry that carried this episode. Yep this this is for the dedicated listeners that want to sit down for a solid uh, hour and a half and listen to us blather about uh, unimportant '90s rock and just random shit. Plus, showgirls and Elizabeth Berkley, which yeah. is also very important. So. Uh, Elizabeth Berkeley, I know you haven't listened to this episode. We love you. We still love you, and, and the doors to this publication are open. We would really like to speak <laughs> with you. 100%. <laughs> well, actually, I would be too nervous to speak with you, so I'm going to let Coop run that episode solo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> even if you don't want to come on the podcast, just a simple email acknowledging my request for an interview. Yeah, just respond to the email. Just respond to the email and say you listen to our podcast. That's all we're asking for. I told you, I'm an expert at getting ghosted by people. Uh, Quite a few people have turned me down with an email. That's fine. I think that I I don't think that's a ghost. If they send a response email, that's at least acknowledging that you exist. No, no, that's fine. That's cool. That's actually very polite. Uh, I don't like to. uh, Ghosting is when they agree to do something and you never hear from them again. No, hundred percent. Hey, so when someone like declines on an email, what do you say back? Are you like? Okay, thank you. Anyways, like, what do you say? Like, I, I do. I, you know, they're they're gracious enough to you know give me a reason why they're not doing it or they don't have time. Yeah. I, uh, I usually email them back and you know say thank you and you know. Uh, and then you send them a dick pic. Yeah, definitely in four K. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Yep, so. and, on that on that note, after I said dick pic, we should probably end this podcast. So. Yeah, I think we're done. I'm sorry. That's okay. (laughs) So, uh, if you really like this podcast, please send us dick pics. Uh, You you can keep those to yourself. That's fine. If you love this podcast, you'll rate us five stars, you'll leave a comment, and then you will get on Twitter and send us dick pics. (laughs) Or... Or you can just pre- keep those, and or, you can just turn your friend on to listening to the episode. Tell them that there's Elizabeth Berkeley conversations, or send your friend a dick pic plus a link to our podcast. That would that would work even better. Or like a just any private part pic. I mean, I'm not trying to close right. the doors on anyone. We're inclusive. Please, please send us a picture of your genitals with a review of our podcast. <laughs> Or, <laughs> or send a friend a picture of your genitals with a link to our podcast and tell them to like and review five stars. And I think yeah. this podcast episode's over. Please send us pics. No, wait, don't send me a pic of your genitals. <laughs> I'm not send- interested in seeing any genitalia. Um, yeah, please, so we're good. If you listen to this podcast, please, please, please send a picture of your genitals to your best friend. 
Please. Uh, but wait, wait. Give them the warning first because no one wants a no. surprise picture of nope. your genitalia. Nope. Please send your best friend a pic of your genitals <laughs> with no context and then a link to our podcast. <laughs> In that order. Yeah, that order. Pic of your genitals and then a link to our podcast. And then if you guys talk after that, maybe encourage them to like and review. So, yes. Please. I love you, Elizabeth Brickley. <laughs>